Hey guys, it's Kat. And it's Russell. This is Critical Whimsy. What a week it has been since mm -hmm. I last saw you. Sitting there across from me, doing your basic instinct thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's been happening, Russell? Uh, a little bit of a holiday for me. Bought a new laptop. So, you know, <laughs> all in all, not too bad. Not too shabby a week. Tell us, uh, as, you know, slaves to the economy, tell us about your holiday. Okay, so one of those horrendously extravagant and indulgent lifestyles of the rich and famous type thing. Booked out a suite, private chef, dedicated waiter, dedicated game ranger, all of that. Very luxurious. Did you get COVID prices or was it just particularly even, you know, the Kardashian clan would have been? Okay they were that. running a bit of a special offer. Still puts it outside of my normal price range, but um, it was slightly discounted. Did you bring me back hotel samples? No. <laughs> Why not? They didn't have little sample bottles. They were these giant big things. How clever of them mm. to know about my... <laughs> <laughs> five finger discount ways all right cool so you're looking very relaxed very malibu today mm -hmm. and your week so i mean i actually ended up in a township about the same time you were getting a professional massage and um having dates dipped in honey popped into your mouth uh, <laughs> i got involved with a dodgy car situation so i ended up in some um krugersdorp uh, township which is pretty scary but i got out alive and i'm still here so you, you know we've got the we've got the um we've got the the rustle of critical whimsy which is the the whimsical life and then you've got the cat life which is uh i don't know how many lives i've got left <laughs> so yeah it's been a week it's been a tough week i am looking forward to reading and watching tv and not doing a lot else on this weekend so this is my final push but luckily guys we've got quite a fun a fun topic today what kinds of things are we speaking about today russ so this week we're talking about uh, dating good dates bad dates all sorts of stuff related to that and around that topic and why it's great being single yeah and i think that you know, I know a lot of people who go into dating apps, go on one date, you hear that it was horrendous, and then they block the dating app. For I didn't three even years. get that far. What I was just talking to the people, and I was like, oh my God, no, I can't fucking deal with this. That's a very common and reaction. Off. So I, I actually know someone, an acquaintance who actually sometimes listens to the show who told me you know he joined dating apps and he had the kind of initial two hours of excitement where he saw everyone he knew like me and then messaged them on whatsapp that he saw them on a dating site and shamed them <laughs> what's up sean and then after two days reported back to me that he couldn't deal a lot of people feel like that a lot of people still see see you know dating apps and stuff as a stigma but if you ask most people these days, new couples or people who've recently been married or, you know, get planning a wedding, where did you meet? Where did you meet? They're going to say a dating app, social media. Some of them, yeah. Most people. Because 
first with COVID going on for the rest of our lives, you know, people now are a lot more isolated. And also, you know, you've got the bar gangs who meet people in bars. Though I don't see how meeting someone in a bar is more respectable than meeting them on a social media dating app, personally speaking. No, I don't think it's more respectable. It's just sometimes a little bit easier that way. What are ways you meet people now? What dates have you been on recently that weren't related to social? Actually, you do. You win. <laughs> so Russell's the one person on earth who actually meets people not on dating apps. But Russell, tell people where you were going to go on a date. Uh, you were going to go on a date last week and where you met them. When you were going to go for coffee. I was. With a friend. Oh, yeah. Where did you meet them, Russ? Uh, at a mental asylum. And that chick you were going to hook up with a few weeks ago? At a mental asylum. <laughs> great way for a dating pool. Great, so, great source. So while know. judging us um, Tinder people and such. I'm on the wrong grinder. side of the hot crazy scale, I guess. <laughs> I go for all crazy. So yes, Russ is one of those few people who actually dates without um, using a dating app. But... You heard it here first. It's up to you to decide. So, yeah, you can book yourself into a clinic and see what happens if romance finds you. Maybe it's, it's a very uh, hallmarkish, very lifetime, <laughs> or very lifetime, you know, they end up killing you in your sleep. Okay, so tell, tell me, okay, what are your experiences about being single? Because now you've gone from the extreme relationship to being single. Yeah. How is it? What is being single? Like, tell us the story of it because i think a lot of people really struggle with being single and they feel very alone because a lot of single people go i love being single you know uh it's been rough it's been quite an adjustment needed uh following the whole divorce and thing lots of self-work hasn't been my best time mentally and emotionally been working on that being single does have some advantages like what you don't have to worry about the other person when you're cooking. You can do largely what you want, when you want. Your time is yours. You don't have to give set times over to someone else. There's no expectations of, oh, it's a Saturday night. You've got to do this or you've got to see that person. So from that point, a little bit of the freedom, yeah, it's got its moments. It's got its disadvantages too in that... You've got all of the freedom and you don't have anyone ready to spend it with. It's an adjustment. If you've yeah. been in a relationship for a long time, being single the first few months is shitty. And then you get to cat stage mm. where it starts to be the easier option, where it starts to be really fun and where dating takes on a particular demonic face and you start to go... Well, I really like being single and it's such an adjustment all of a sudden to start fitting someone into your life and worrying about feeding them and worrying about what they're going to watch on TV. And, you know, you have your TV mm. rituals in place and the things you do at night. Your shows, not messing up your Netflix algorithm by watching stuff you can't stand. It is, a, you know, that is a real fear, a real fear. And I mean, also, you know, we, we did some research and single people, long term single people are generally healthier. They have um, better work relationships. They are a lot more focused on. And I mean, I see this a lot on all the dates I go on that 
the single people I met, meet who have been single for a long time and maybe had brief relationships, they really, they have so many interests. They, you know, they have so many friends. They have a lot of fun being single. Mm. So you start to wonder how much of, you know, being single and being in a relationship is, you know, just society forcing us versus uh, actually this is how it should be. Yeah, because a lot of yourself can get subsumed in a long-term serious relationship. And, you know, you have to find yourself again. And I'm sure because you've been through it recently, you know, mm. it is the most exhausting but ultimately rewarding experience. Yes, it is. Even even when, you know, you you know, because you actually meet yourself again. And then initially you don't actually... I, I, you know, I, I've met a lot of guys who went through long relationships and then they had the superficial things of, I now listen to the music I want to listen to and I send you my music list. <laughs> okay, because they're trying to mate. And then, you know, you have the, I can now eat avocado. I go through that a lot. A lot of people I date, unfortunately, don't eat avocado. Yeah, but that shouldn't olives. stop you from eating it. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so I was in a, I, I was does. yeah, like I was in a one relationship where the person was so exhausting that it was just not worth it and I just, you know, it it, it it was just too expensive to add on avo to a full kind of a thing. You know, seasonal avo is fine, but you know, throughout the end I love avo. And but yeah, I mean in other relationships I've been more firm, but you do get into a bit of a thing where you eat the same thing with that person and the person who cooks, cooks. And, you know, I mean, for me... I my, believe they call that a rut. A rut, yes. I mean, I, I had a one very long-term relationship where the guy really liked cooking. And he saw himself as a bit of a Gordon Ramsay. And he was extremely average at cooking. But he would cook every night. And, you know, when we broke up, it was such an adjustment getting back into cooking. And it actually took me years. Mm. It's so bizarre uh, that, I mean, I think that when you cook with someone else, you're always kind of, you've got such a rhythm going or a rut, depending on how you look at it. So, you know, so then, but we're not really talking about relationships versus um, being single. We're talking about single versus dating. Russ, uh, tell me about all these healthy dates you go on. Do you have any stories for us? So there have been a couple of interesting ones. Took me a while to remember some of them. Okay. But that's that's what our prep work is for. <laughs> yes. So we'll start with one of the more interesting graphic ones. And this was with a girl that I'd taken her out for what I thought was a nice dinner at, you know, a moderately swanky restaurant. Ooh. You know, you, you pull out the stops where you can as much as your budget will permit. Fair enough. And, you know, we had some wine and she was one of those who just couldn't handle her alcohol and landed up sitting at the table leaning over and basically opening her handbag to vomit into No her man handbag. Yep Listen I'm a puker but that's repulsive and that's a very dark place to throw up into your handbag I suppose it saves the staff from having to clean up after you. Was it a little clutch bag or a commitment? It was a reasonable-sized bag. Oh, no. So it was a real bag, a bag she used daily. Yes. What did she do once she'd done the puke? She gave you that half, I feel so much better, but oh, my God, I did that look. Just leaned up. um, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm going to the bathroom. And she did. 
and I quietly paid the bill and left while she was in the bathroom. <laughs> You're so cruel. I, um, you know that comedian. <laughs> you and I follow uh, Shane Smith. Hmm. He told this story where he picked up this girl once, and she was looking a little bit pale and sweaty. And you know Shane Smith's quite a sexy guy, and he's like, you know, sex is on the menu, and uh, she's sweating and whatever. And then all of a sudden. The girl says, oh no, and then the smell hits him, and she's made a poo. (laughs) I I would have expressed it differently, but yeah, I suddenly clicked as to where you were going with it. And he kind of pulled into a 7-Eleven, and she got out to go use the toilet, and like, oh, the pants, you know, were white, and... <laughs> anyway, he drove off and left her. <laughs> so you know that's a, I, I think that you know bod, bodily fluids as 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 keen as we are to seems to them. be a deal breaker for guys like me and Shane. Yeah. <laughs> so what else, Russ? <laughs> that's disgusting. So 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 she did a nice puke in front of you. Oh, oh. I don't know because um. I, I, I once puked in front of a boyfriend, hmm. uh, but in my own house. And then he was like, I'm a, I'm a compassionate puker. You know, the kind of guys I date. And then he started puking. Was this at least aimed into toilets and um, bathroom yes. sinks and the yes, like? Yes, so yes, not yes, just yes. there on the floor no, with no, the carpet. It was, it was taking turns. That's good. Yeah, the relationship didn't go much further after that, though. It was, um, yeah, me trying to... You know, I'm not great with drugs of any kind, and I try to smoke weed and have a vodka shot, and I went, Bleh. and then he was like, I'm compassionate. <laughs> and it was just repulsive. Compassionate greenies. Cool. Oh, so that was pretty dark. <laughs> what else, Russ? You're so gross. <laughs> well, I, I guess there was the potential threesome, which constitutes a date, me and the couple. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned this in the podcast before, where they'd ended up yelling at the waiter and all of that. And, and it was so awkward. Yeah, awkward and embarrassing. So you're all wearing your sexy undies, and, you know, everyone's looking quite nervous, and then they turn around and start freaking out at a waiter, mm. and you'll just get a deboner. <laughs> okay, what are pe- pe- peeves like on dates that you've experienced? Well, we'll, we'll dip into that, but first let's hear some of your bad dates. And then we can dip into pet peeves. Okay, so I think you'll probably be so traumatized by some of these stories, if you haven't heard them before, that you will probably black out in trauma and compassion for me and do a compassionate puke. The most recent... Jeepers, I've had some shockers. Mm. And I mean, I date. I've had a lot of first, you know, one and only dates with people. Mm. So one of my very, very best worst ones was a disaster that happened during the big lockdown where we had prohibition and we couldn't go out and we couldn't do anything. So this guy lived quite near me and he was brilliant and smart and we got along like a house on fire and we really wanted to meet but we couldn't do anything in the the most recent lockdown we had. So we decided, cool. He would come over to my place because he could sneak back to his afterwards and it would be fine. So he comes and alcohol wasn't on sale at the time. I had very limited booze in my house, but I mean, we could have just had cool drinks. 
but he comes and he brings some of that illegal alcohol. So there was the illegal alcohol during pro- prohibition, which was you know the oh, buying, knows. you know buying the naughty bottles of wine for outrageous prices, which some people did. But then there were those people who were making alcohol mm. so these spirit mixes and things. i've done that uh, pineapple beer which is nice and quick to make i've done lemon wine too but that's a six month commitment to get going so not to be you know vulgar on the whole and have a really gross show uh, you know a pork and fart show but uh i knew people who made their pineapple beer and then spent three days with like couple compassion diarrhea Mm. i've heard some very bad stories about the pineapple beer but this was a spirit thing this wasn't beer this was spirits some manner of bathtub brandy or something and i mean it was in this rancid little bottle and it was quite a large bottle and i mean i think i took a little sip and i was just oh no 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 thanks anyway so this guy drinks this and we start off and we're talking and it's cold, it's winter, and we, we're getting along well. And then he just got drunk, drunk. Mm. Drunk, drunk, like I haven't seen someone get drunk, drunk for years. Like this kind of drunk, drunk where I think you're probably blackout drunk, but the person doesn't know it because you're talking. They're that drunk. Yeah. And you don't know this person because you've just met them and you let them come to your house and you're irresponsible. But don't worry. You told your podcast co-host that, <laughs> you know, just wait for my call. <laughs> anyway, so this guy goes from being Mr. Fucking PC, Mr. Fucking woke man to mm. going, bitch, bitch, tell me about the last time you had sex, bitch. Bitch, you like it bad, don't you, bitch? I'm going to kiss you now. <laughs> like, lunge over the fire. The fire, you know, falls over. You know, everyone's screaming. Anyway, he's just fucking going wild. The music is pumping. I'm starting to get nervous. Next thing, my neighbors, who'd recently saved my fluffy cat, Pip, from a garage situation, they come out of their house, and they're quite like fearsome people, and they're a little bit gangster, yo. And they're like, hey, what's this noise? So, you know, there's that pause where you get shouted at when you're an adult mm. and you have these really guilty looks and you look like children. And then he sm- gives breaks into this huge smile and goes, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and I'm just, and then there's a silence from my gangster neighbors. And I just looked at this guy and I was just shook it off because I was just frozen and then I went running to the fence I said I'm so sorry I'm so sorry the party's over da, da, da. and it's just you know apologize apologize like some people are trying to sleep I'm just I'm so sorry so embarrassed anyway he's mm. carrying on bitch please I'm free born this way whatever the fuck he was babbling on about then he goes inside and he tries to sleep on my couch I say no bro you need to go <laughs> you need to go home bro Anyway, so eventually get him into his car. I'm phoning Russell at this point and talking to Russell. This guy's so drunk he doesn't know. I know it wasn't right for me to send him off home, but A, he lived really near me, and B, be an adult. He grabs his booze, drives into our gate, reverses, tries again, goes into the wall, reverses, goes out, drives into the post. Now, Russ, you've come to my house a million times. It's pretty hard to drive into the fence that runs from the sides of our driveway because it's so big i mean yeah it takes some doing to manage that so he just kept on driving his car back and forth between the two things and it's just 
prohibition, so the roads are just deserted. Mm. It's a nice suburb where everyone sits in the WhatsApp and spies out their windows. Other than for the gangster neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys are, but they're actually connected on a different road, so it's different. <laughs> and this guy's just driving back and forth, banging his car, and I'm just, don't crack. I'm just smiling and thumbs upping him and just going, no, no, a little bit to the left, because I'm just, I got him out of my house. I got him out of my driveway. I need to cover the bricks that he damaged. I just need this motherfucker to get out of my mm. life. Anyway. I think you win the bad date story so far. <laughs> so then. No, it's not over. He messages me on the Monday morning and tells me that, you know, he actually had another date the following night and then proceeded to do the same amount of drinking and then the girl broke her ankle on the date and then he had to nurse her back to life which i did not reply to and then a day later he messaged me and told me we were incompatible i had by this point ghosted him deleted his number and i felt you know that yes we are incompatible i was so embarrassed i had to apologize to my landlady i had to apologize to the neighbors i i had to clean up after him it was such a lesson and just be self have self-control and wait until lockdowns are over before you you might feel lonely you might you know feel isolated but it's sometimes better to be alone mm. <laughs> yeah don't bring strange people back to your house until you've gotten to know them at least a little bit the thing is i think with i'm so blasé about social media dating that it's kind of like for me i feel as if people meet people in bars and then take them to their houses and survive and the chances of getting murdered are quite lowish you know especially when we're both checking our phones we're messaging people i have lots of people on my property you know it's not as if i'm this isolated it's not safe but you know i mean things can happen yeah but if Uh, you meet people at bars generally you've got a little bit of time to get to know them and a little bit more personally than you get on social media and dating apps. No, no, you're right. And I mean, you underestimate in COVID when there's a lockdown, how hard it is to get away from someone if you've now committed to an evening. I mean, mm. you, you, you've you, done a party with us where, you know, you started drinking and you lockdowns in like two hours time. So I have to stay here with these people and sleep here. You know, you, you're, you're stuck. That's yeah. what we do. did in lockdown. You know, we, we got ourselves into situations where until whatever bizarre hour, I mean, currently we've got a 12 to 4 curfew. Mm. So you have to wait. That's till, when you really catch COVID. Yeah. You know, that's when the COVIDing is hard and you're COVIDing so badly, you know, it just as opposed to the hours before where you were quite responsible, I guess. But yeah, 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock, you know, as Ted said in How I Met Your Mother, nothing good ever happens after 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, our president decided it was 12 to 4. That <laughs> he, he decided to make it extra, extra near. Okay, now don't tell me I won the bad date. That's just a recent one. What kinds of pet peeves have you had on dates that have sucked? I'm not sure these necessarily qualify as pet peeves. But you get the people that will only talk about themselves or you get the horrendous racists and I've been on dates with them and it's, oh my fucking God, what the hell is wrong with you? But they just let, let go on the date. They yes, just, and you know, this is like first date, you're just getting to know someone and oh, they're raiding against black people or something mm. like that. Uh, 
I, I've had Reading that. against gay people and, you know, my views there and how I'm yes. partially in that field myself. So, you know, it just doesn't go down well at all. The guys that are bad to waiters and that. I mean, I've gone on dates. I mean, this one guy, it was one of my favorite bad date lines where I, I it was years ago and I just met the guy and then he'd asked me for my number and then phoned me up for a date and he came and picked me up and we were driving along and this guy looks at me in the car and he says, so what are your thoughts of the, on the blacks? And I looked at him and I said, um, okay, so I know your thoughts on them by yeah, your just question. that question already uh, reveals the, 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 I'm like, okay, cool. Listen, bro, I know you're, you're, you're an open racist. No big deal. I'm not going to discuss with you. I'm, I'm currently at, you know, a university where we actually take that kind of thing really serious. And I'm pretty political and you don't know me. And you actually have no idea what my family, like, fuck you. You know, not to make it about me, but like, I mean, I have a, I have a cousin who's black and like, you know, like, how dare you just presume mm. by my, co my color of my skin that I'm going to have this conversation. I was just, please turn the car around, you know, that's the end of the day. That's, yeah. I mean, that kind of, I think that that's actually a big, like on a more serious note, I think a big thing in South Africa is you'll have two, and I, I don't think this happens as much now, but I think maybe 10 years ago or so it did happen where you would, you know, I, I don't know if you remember like teens and twenties, but you'd run into people, you'd meet people and you wouldn't know them and they wouldn't know you. And they just start saying incredibly racist things. Yeah, they would just assume that you have that same view as them. Yeah. And, and that would happen on a date. And it would just be like, you know, I, 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 I'm now going to go home to my commune where I, you know, it's like a mixed race commune where like my, my best friend is waiting to hear about you and yeah. how, if you treated me well and how do I tell her she's also a young woman of 22 like you said something racist like you know when you're young like mm. that it's like quite a traumatic experience uh, it is, it is. to kind of go you know you want to take a stand it's different when we're adults now you know we can just go no that's 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 not a boundary I accept mm. but you know when you're young like that there's this huge um, I mean yeah sure we still have guilt and everything but there's that yeah but we lack a little bit of the confidence to stand up I think mm. to a point and you know, there's just this awful feeling when you're around people like that, where you actually go, what is it, you know, is this just what being a white South African is about, mm. you know, because the way the media is portraying us and the way people are speaking is saying that we aren't like this, but apparently, you know, we are. And if someone, what is someone seeing in my face that they think that that's okay? Uh, that's always been something I've actually really struggled with, with dating and first dates and getting to know someone is those off. And I've, and actually the new thing is, so it's not racism, it's um, the phobia against the queer community where I just, one moment I'm having a great conversation with a guy and next thing the shocking stuff and he's telling me his opinion on people think they're a pencil and how you can't choose to think you're a pencil and you know um gay people and their little um dark and devious pursuits into our lives how they're you know sabotaging. Mm, the gay agenda the gay agenda uh you know and i i i get told this stuff a lot i don't know if you do when you meet people, I mean, do they know uh, if they, okay, so my question would be, do they know you're queer and then they continue? 
In some cases they've known I've been queer, uh, in some cases not. Usually once that's pointed out, it stops. Sometimes the date itself stops, sometimes it's just the <laughs> behavior that stops. But you know, it's still there, so it's still woman. what they're thinking about. Yeah. Okay. The guys I've dated tend not to be <laughs> yeah. anti the queer community. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure entirely why, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just one of those odd things. You just bitch about lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> and the bisexuals being hypocrites. <laughs> and are you a hypocrite, Russell? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, so, I mean, you, you tell a woman, you know, you like a little bit of that, a little bit of that, uh, this, and then they go, okay, and are they embarrassed? Uh, some of them have been, yeah, and that's when it stops. Usually, that's the, they generally tended to be a bit embarrassed about it. There have been one or two where they weren't embarrassed at all. They're just, oh, well, Most- fine, fuck it, we'll stop. The date's kind of ended at that point, so you're just waiting for the body to hit the floor. But I find that a lot of people don't go contrite or anything they actually go to the extreme of defensiveness Hmm. and aggression you think that they would be embarrassed you know if i show ignorance and i um say something wrong i generally have the grace to kind of go shit sorry my bad Hmm. you know i'm making fun of like fat people something i'm talking about how many fat guys have deceived me on dating sites then they go you know that's actually a mental health issue or some shit. I might giggle. I might be like, are you serious? They're like thin privilege or some shit. And they start. But I think I'd say I'm sorry. You know, I think mm. I'd say whatever. Yeah, but I've never really had that. It's you, you just haven't. I've gone quiet, yeah. No, I think guys kind of um, tend to maybe be more confrontational. And then they try to almost, I don't know, change your point of view. Mm. And now it's, it's quite a shocking thing if you just meet someone and... You clash, and now we're going to change each other's viewpoints on something. That's such a, that's such an arrogant, such a undergrad type of an attitude to take to uh, your people skills. Mm. If you think that you can meet someone and you can just change their point of view. I mean, we've spoken about religion. We've spoken about all those things. And there's one thing to be having fun and like fucking around with something and someone and mocking them and being unkind versus uh, actually thinking your conviction is going to change someone, you know? Yeah, yeah. that your point of view is so special and strong and powerful that you'll just magically convert them. I mean, I've had, um, you know, boyfriends casually tell me how they've cured other people of their anxiety. Mm. Like, what did you do? Did you show them your penis? <laughs> Which we've heard about in some of your dates. Uh, I think we need to delve into that story. This was, what, your second date, I think, where I met the oh, guy? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, guys, this is an awful story. And, yeah, Z, if you're listening, I hope you're like, <laughs> yeah, your, your fucking birthday party this year, yo. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, a mutual friend, a very good friend of Russell's, um, very kindly invited me to her birthday party and said to me I could bring a date. Now, I'd met the guy once, and the first date, in all honesty, was a kind of a drunk fiasco, have a lot of fun. I, I do remember I got home and I told Russ, but I was very neutral about it. Hey, I wasn't mm. like, oh, well. And he was very excited, you know, that he got to second date. And I was like, it was my first second date since my uh, most recent breakup at the time. So I was like, cool. And he seemed like a nice enough guy. So 
we took a bolt to the party and as we were driving there so you don't know this part of the story Ooh, but we started new. talking about zooms because this is you know lockdown and now COVID. and he was saying how everyone at work shouts at him and says hey man you need to wear pants when we do our zoom calls and i thought he was joking and he was just laughing he was going classic me he was that kind of a person where if you don't say classic you you know classic russ behavior he he kind of makes it up in his mind he's like oh i'm such a such a, that's so me that's so me you know someone who self-appoints their own you know yeah. kind of ah. Oh. You know, that's the kind of crazy thing I do. You know, you don't wait for someone else to narrate your story. You tell. So I was just, that's quite a weird story. You you, you do work things. Because I know it was a big joke in COVID. Like, we weren't wearing pants when we Zoomed. I always Yeah, but pants. that's always, I thought, just was a joke. You didn't actually get people of, that did it. No, I thought it was, I mean, there were a few, you know, uh, creepy, uh, that CNN guy who got caught masturbating on CNN. Uh, and, you know, oh, there I were know about a that, few, cool. like, like there are perverts among us. Oh, yes, totally. Who, who would do weird things. So, but I didn't, you know, and I think there were some people, you know, like weirdos who show show their willies and stuff in parks and stuff who, who were doing creepy things in Zooms. But on the whole, it was probably very discreet because, you know, they didn't want to get found out. So this guy tells me that he, t- he doesn't always wear pants in his Zooms. So I thought he was joking and I thought, well, maybe... Is he in his underwear at least? Yeah, you know, that's what I thought. You know, I didn't actually question it because... I was actually freaking out. It was my first, second date since the relationship. And we were almost at our friend's house for the birthday party. And you hadn't arrived yet. And I had an ice cream cake that was melting. So I had priorities. So I dismissed the story. Anyway, so he meets everyone. And he's a very sociable, extroverted guy. You know, he's being, you know, friendly to you, friendly to the birthday girl, friendly to everyone. Mm. Shot, 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 shot. You know, bright flares. Oh, South African birthday party. Lacquer. And then he goes and says, guys, there's this really funny trick I do. And we go, we love magic. <laughs> okay, because we're dorks. And um, he says, uh, what I do is that when my uh, friends have new girlfriends, I pull my penis out of my pants and I wrap my penis around my my um, wrist. wrist. And then when if their girl says, what's the time? I do that and then I show her my wrist. So we went... <laughs> dead silent mm. like you guys have gone dead silent and we were just so you show people your penis and then he said yeah and then we start questioning him and we're all trying to be polite all three of us at the time were being very polite trying to understand it and trying to yeah, be because we thought we had courteous. misunderstood yeah. it so you know you know i think it was you that said uh, when when did you stop doing this behavior mm. and he said i mean it was pre-covid <laughs> that was just <laughs> You know, six months ago, COVID had started. There was no, you know, kind of... So we were just, what, so like a year ago? And he said, yes. You know, he was just completely brazen about it. Mm. And we were just... um, You didn't see an issue with it at all. Yeah, and we were just going... And then he said, and then this one time, a girl actually tried to touch my penis. Then he started started playing this whole victim thing. Yes. Where this girl had challenged him, uh, unveiling his penis to her. And he was now trying to be a victim and being like hashtag too. Oh, he was so traumatized because of this. And we're going, dude, this is like Harvey Weinstein stuff. We're just, we were just actually having a a group 
panic attack. Yeah. We were watching the train crash that was Kat's second date mm. happen. And we, we weren't at the point where we could laugh, where we could examine this person was here and we were just trying to accumulate i think at the time i i started a fight with him about it like it got it got unpleasant um, it was a subtle fight there was no yelling or screaming no it was very kind of sarcastic you know maybe you know you should go sit somewhere else and wash your hands and <laughs> you know but it was it was terrible and i mean the next day we all got together and did a podcast and Everyone was traumatized. And it's only now, six months later, we can tell the story and Russ can go. And I'm still, because I remember telling my friends, and my friends are very kind of my girlfriends, at least, are very pro me dating and pro me being in relationships. They're always like, Kat, were you too hard on the guy? Kat, you know, it takes a lot for them to not be to to not be on the guy's side because they're mm. never on my side. It's only Russ that's on my side. Everyone else seems to be, you know, Kat, are you the problem? Which I just love the sympathy but uh yeah that one you know basically Russ and our friend just like pulled my phone out of my hand and was just you need to dump this guy please <laughs> and so I did and that was so much relief after that you know because I was just maybe he needs therapy <laughs> so that was a cheapest that's in one year hey I've had those two incidences mm-hmm. Horrendous. I got stalked by the last guy um, I, met, I met once, who then harassed me on WhatsApp. So yeah. that was just one day. Where he and he landed up saying you were harassing him. And I then, and the then yeah, and then and then and then messaging me night night, <laughs> and then and then a week later asking me if I was still angry and just you know the amount of blocking techniques russell and i had to google mm. was insane because you know we were just yeah, trying to block the guy on every WhatsApp, single telegram facebook normal phone calls normal sms's all of it and if there was a way to get hold of you he found it and tried it just no no sense and that's the other thing with dating if you go on a date and their kind of picture goes black they might not have blocked you but they might have just deleted your number and it's a sign for me that's like it didn't work Hmm. you know don't worry like maybe it was you may you'll you'll feel like a few a bit shitty for a few hours but get over it quickly move on yeah it usually happens quite quickly but people who don't and it's and i mean i do very short first and second dates like i normally like there's not normally a party it's normally i Mm. I do a kind of a lot of very short first dates for a while with someone they're all like in the first date category because you know you're still kind of you know shaving your legs and trying to be polite and listen to them and and uh, you know checking to see how crazy their family is so you know it's 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 busy times so you don't want and you also don't want to go too crazy or get too drunk and puke in front of the guy so you know you want to keep don't use your handbag oh my goodness okay now Russ it's your turn pet peeves I mean those two dates I mean that's that's you know what everyone just loves listening to the the, the the cat the cat notes on the cat's life because it's always so bizarre and funny and horrifying. <laughs> oh. Well, pet uh, peeves and this I think is quite a common one now. But like one of the dates I went on, she spent her whole time on her cell phone, and you know there was like no conversation or anything, which is what first dates are meant to be. You know, getting to know the other person a little bit, seeing where you gel, where you clash, etc. And you've got someone who's now basically just forking food into their mouth and looking at their phone and doing nothing else 
So you know, and then that's just what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that one up because that is a big one for me. Mm. I have no, I mean, because I think there was a stage, and there are still people who act like their phone is a sign of their um, importance. So they keep on grabbing their phone and going, oh, sorry. And they kind of expect you to be attracted to them. But it's just annoying because we've all got a phone. We can all sit on our phone our whole life. So what did you do on that date? Because I think this is a really important one, like for our listeners and for each other. Is So how do you deal with that? Well, I tried talking to her for a while and, you know, just never sort of really got in where it was all, yeah, uh-huh. Uh huh. What's the story? So eventually, just no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Eventually, just kind of gave up, finished my meal. Okay, thank you. I'm off now. Goodbye. And, it was spoken again. Yeah. But, Guess uh, she wasn't that good on her phone. <laughs> no. Well, she wasn't messaging me on it. But that actually leads to one of the stories where I was the bad date, and I all because you. of cell phones. What happened? We'd gone out to a movie. And about five, ten minutes in, I get a message on my phone, but now I was on call for work. Okay. Uh, was at a courier company. Mm-hmm. Problem with the system, they couldn't get stuff logged uh, with the England mm. office where all of the distribution happens. So I had to go into work to try to sort that out. Cool, I do. Managed to get it sorted out. So I like raced there, did this as quick as I can, raced back. Hey, is this movie out? Yes, it is, says my date, who has just walked out of the cinema. Like, yeah, okay, no, there's not going to be a second one, is there? Nope. Dude, I had a double date. Hmm. Where oh, I normally hate those. No, it was when we were really coupled up and we were trying to couple up with other couples because... Couples, oh, like my foursome type things. Yeah, 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 exactly like that. Like, just with more clothes. Uh, but yeah, probably oh, just did exactly like yours, yeah. Uh, <laughs> lots of puking and, you know, um, drunkenness. So, you know, because couples get weird. You'd think that it's enough to find one person who's willing to hang out with you all the time. But couples start to panic and get bored and go, no, we should have more people. We shouldn't spend more time alone doing our own interests. No, no, we should have more couple friends. Because mm. that's something in common that couples have as dating. And sometimes you, you're friends with people as a couple and then... Only after the, one of the couples break up, you realize the only thing you had in common was being a couple. Yeah. And this is a terrible fucking thing in life. Anyway, so the guy, he was very strange. So he kept on grabbing his phone. And we had done a like very nice lunch at my, my place, our place. Uh, my partner and I at the time. And the guy kept on jumping on his phone. And every time he'd do that, she would grab her phone and be like, yeah, I just need to check on work. Now, it was, a, it was a public holiday. It was like Christmas or something. And they kept on jumping on their phones. What we later found out was he was cheating on her. And <laughs> she had gotten this weird thing where, and I've got a friend who does this, where every time you touch your phone, they touch their phone. Mm. Like if you get a message, they get a message. <laughs> I don't know if you know anyone like that. Where there's such an insecurity about you being on your phone that they immediately go on their phone. Mm. They can't just exist watching you be rude or whatever. I've had dates where um, I've had guys like go on their phone and sitting there messaging. And I've just said, listen, 
let me just stop talking. You finish what you're doing. You're welcome. I'm very polite. And then I just like force them like off their phone. Uh, but I do think in, in future, if I, if I go on dates like that, I'll just walk out. Mm. Honestly, I have no time for people who are on their phone on dates. I can spend my whole night on my phone on a date talking to you, like if I want. You know, you yeah, know but what's when. What's the point? But what's the point when I can rather have a terrible date and then talk about it afterwards with yeah. you and then use it on the podcast? I mean, hello, that mm. makes more sense. Yeah, at least I, then you got a story. But I do, I do hate people. Like the phone thing is a big one, mm. and and everyone goes, yes, we agree, but then. Somebody has to be doing it. Yeah. It can't just be the influencers. You know, it's got to be the mainstream people who are doing it. It's one it. of those things. Everyone says it's a bad thing, but so many of them do it. I don't think they even realize that they're doing it. Yeah, I think maybe that is it, that it's become a very unconscious thing. I know that when I go to a restaurant by myself, if I'm waiting for someone to shop on a date or whatever, <gasps> I had the most bizarre date a few months Ooh. ago. I don't think I told you. And it was, it was a very strange time. It was also in lockdown, but the restaurants had opened. And I met up with this guy. So he sits down and he's shaking. And I'm just, what's wrong? And he said, no, I have severe anxiety. And I've never been in a relationship. So now you've got, you've got badly behaved people. You've got the drinkers. Then you've got these weird... So he was a Christian, which he now announced on the date. And he'd never been in a relationship ever. And, you know, he was an adult age. And he was a virgin. <laughs> and he, this all came out. And his hands were shaking the whole time. He drank coffee, which he really shouldn't have been drinking, in my opinion. And then he started crying on the date. It was a lot, hey. It was a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to have to have. It was like, it wasn't even a bad date. It was a sad date. <laughs> you know, it was just a bummer. I was just bummed out mm. that I'd wasted my time. And I just... You know, he was a really smart guy and really sensitive and he loved his family. But there were super issues. And when you say to someone like that, because I, so I'm the opposite of Russell. When something happens, like really weird people behavior, you know, kind of Russell doesn't ever ask. He just observes and, you know. It's either fun and I go with it or I just try and deal with it. and uh, But you never interrogate it. No. The sociologist in me interrogates these things. So I will ask the person. I will ask the questions because I've got nothing to lose. Mm. And I'll go, do you think it's normal that you're a virgin? Like, just out of interest, no judgment, like, no nonsense, no, 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 you know, sex shaming or virgin shaming. But, you know, what do you th- I'm like, how healthy do you think you are mentally? You know, is this an issue to you? How do you think women that you would date? <laughs> would feel? And, and I yes. go and I go into it. I go deep. And um, something he's never done. <laughs> that's what he said. She said. That's what you said. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I have this whole bizarre experience where I get a huge amount of information out of the thing, but the person doesn't want to change and doesn't want to. Most people don't want to, you know, inventory this. They mm. they release this information into the world and then they want to see your how you deal with it and then they take it from there. Yeah. You know, and that's ridiculous. If you if you tell someone something and you're not prepared to live with the consequences and if you don't have, you know, a great sense of peace around it, then you know you're going to always be the victim of other people. You're always going to be reactive. You have to 
either decide this is something I only tell people I'm very close to. You know, you can also say it's a very complicated answer. I don't want to talk about it right now. Mm. I'm just getting to know you. You know, there are ways of being nice and saying no. But most people I find, this is really great, if you challenge them in the first date situation and they're really nervous, they actually give you a lot of information. People are very polite. Even if it comes out aggressively or whatever, like they tell you a lot of truth just by you asking them questions and then you have great information for your podcast, which is amazing. So, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I, I think I also love the truth and I love finding out. I, I you, do, you know, I, I, I recently um, mentioned to you my worst thing in the world that a few guys have done to me is sending me bait messages. Mm. So, a bait message is when, so you don't need to do this with someone you're secure with. It's, it's when you go, I have something really important to tell you and you WhatsApp them that. Yes. Rather than actually telling them. It's just yes. that lead. Hey, guess what? Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you bait them. And I think that's something that people do in relationships a lot when they're feeling that they're ignored or they want to see how quickly. Because I think that people are very curious. So if you, you dangle people, you know, especially a cat's going to cat. Mm. And, you know, you're going to kind of swat at the fish. You're going to go, what, you know, what, what's, what's in the box? Yeah. And Nibble at the bait. Exactly. And now my reaction to that, because I've had a lot of guys do that to me. And I had the one guy who go, no, I just wanted to talk about if you like me. And I'd be, <laughs> that's a terrible thing to bait me with. That is the most, no, still no. So arbitrary and still, inane. Yeah. yeah, absolutely inane. I mean, I had I, I've had dates where um, I, I went out with a friend and then his friends cornered me and told me you know he likes you what's wrong with you and I've had dates like that I mean I've had oh man I've had some bad dates it sounds like it yeah <laughs> so yeah well you know? wow but I did I keep on going back why do I keep on going back Russ we gotta keep trying I guess. Yeah, because, you know, you remain optimistic mm. and you don't want to go to a mental hospital. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you got you to gotta try. And if you do want to go to a mental hospital, that's fine. You know, we're going to try all our options. Mm. And that's great. Hey, uh, however you can meet people works, I guess. But until then, Russell remains in his sexy, complicated relationships and I remain having terrible fucking first dates that we can laugh about with you guys gentle jury so happy you're here with us yeah. listening to our traumas but I think that's about it for this topic uh, Russ yeah, I think so Russ where can people find us so we're on Facebook just search for Critical Whimsy drop us a DM or a wall post on our page love to hear from you guys if you want a little bit more anonymity behind it Drop us an email. We're not going to divulge any details. Yeah, unless you tell us we can. Yeah, but thoughts, feelings, questions, anything like that, please let us know. We look forward to hearing from you all. Let us be your guides. Much as we can, yeah. (laughs) We will guide you into the light. Step into the light. The light. Go to the light. Motherfuckers, until we meet again, think critically, I'm Kat. And I'm Russell. Be whimsical.